Welcome to Encountering Jesus with the Church Fathers, a podcast pondering patristic commentary and insight on the sacred scriptures, the sacred liturgy, and living as a disciple of Jesus Christ. I am your host, Father Mark, and I welcome you to this podcast that reflects on an excerpt from the Gospel according to St. John, proclaimed on the sixth Sunday of Easter. From chapter 14 of John's Gospel, verses 23 through 26, God's Word speaks to us. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. Yet the word you hear is not mine, but that of the Father who sent me. I have told you this while I am with you. The Advocate, the Holy Spirit that the Father will send in my name, he will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. The Gospel of the Lord. We turn this week to Pope St. Leo the Great for insight on these verses from St. John's Gospel. St. Leo was not only a most significant figure in the 5th century Latin West, but his theological acuity and insight remains important in our day as well. St. Leo exercised the Petrine ministry during times that were turbulent and uncertain, both within the church and society at large. He knew the importance of being a pastor for all people, regardless of belief. To that end, for example, he was a major figure in brokering peace with Attila around the year 452, a peace accord that spared most of Italy. In terms of the ongoing theological debates that still struggled in his day with how to express properly the identity of Jesus, as well as various aspects of Trinitarian theology, St. Leo shone with great clarity. As bishops gathered in the city of Chalcedon to resolve a new round of Christological questions in the year 451, Leo's famous work, The Tome to Flavian, was read at the council. It was in this document that Leo presented with clear conviction and reasoning the identity of Jesus as a single divine person with two unmixed, unconfused natures. That is, two distinct ways of acting human and divine, united in one person. Approximately 100 sermons penned by Pope St. Leo the Great have come down to us. This Sunday, we will listen to an excerpt from Sermon 74, a sermon that reflects not only on the gospel of this Sunday, 
but also on the Solemnity of the Ascension, which we will celebrate this Thursday, as well as Jesus' gift of the sacraments to his body, the Church. From Pope St. Leo the Great's Sermon 74, we listen. The mystery of our salvation, clearly beloved, which the creator of the universe thought worth the price of his blood, has from the day of his bodily birth to the end of his suffering been carried to completion through the condition of his humility. Although many signs of the divinity in the form of a servant have been evident, strictly speaking, the action of that time pertained to demonstrating the truth of humanity he assumed. After his passion, when the chains were broken of that death, which had destroyed its own strength by proceeding against the one who had no acquaintance with sin, then weakness was turned to strength, mortality to eternity, disgrace to glory. The Lord Jesus made this obvious in the sight of all by many and clear signs, until he carried the triumph of victory that he had brought back from the death up to heaven. As the resurrection of the Lord was a cause of rejoicing for us in the Paschal Liturgy, so his ascension into heaven is a matter of present delight for us. We recall and rightly venerate that day when our lowly nature was carried in Christ above all the hosts of heaven, over all the angelic orders, and beyond the height of all powers to the seat of God the Father. We have been established. We have been built in this order of divine works that the grace of God becomes the more wonderful when those things which are felt to invite proper reverence are removed from the sight of human beings, and still faith does not weaken, hope does not waver, love does not grow cold. This is the strength of great souls, and it is in the light of intensely faithful spirits to believe unhesitatingly what is not seen by bodily perception and to fix their desire where they cannot fix their sight. From where would this devotion be born in our hearts? Or how would anyone be justified through faith if our salvation consisted only in those things that lie under our eyes? For this reason, the Lord even said, to that one who seemed to doubt the resurrection of Christ, unless by sight and touch, he tested the marks of the passion in his very flesh. 
because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. So then, that we can be fit for this blessedness, dearly beloved, after all had been fulfilled that belonged to the preaching of the gospel and the mysteries of the New Testament, our Lord Jesus Christ was raised to heaven. He made an end to his bodily presence in the sight of his disciples on the fortieth day after the resurrection. He was to remain at the Father's right hand until the time predetermined by God fulfilling the number of the children of the church should come, and he would return to judge the living and the dead in the same flesh with which he had ascended. What was to be seen of our Redeemer has passed over into the sacraments. In order that faith might be more perfect and more firm, teaching has taken the place of sight. And to this authority, the hearts of believers, illumined by heavenly rays, have conformed. This faith, reinforced by the ascension of the Lord and strengthened by the gift of the Holy Spirit, has not been terrified by chains, by prison, by exile, by hunger, by fire, by the mangling of wild beasts, nor by sharp suffering from the cruelty of persecutors. Throughout the world, not only men, but also women, not just immature boys, but also tender virgins, have struggled on behalf of this faith, even to the shedding of their blood. This faith has cast out demons, driven away sicknesses, and raised the dead. Those blessed apostles, strengthened as they were by so many miracles, taught by so many sermons, although they had been terrified at the Lord's passion and had not accepted the truth of his resurrection without hesitation, advanced so much at the Lord's ascension that what had ever brought fear to them before was turned into joy. They had raised the whole gaze of their souls to the divinity of the one sitting at the right hand of the Father. No longer are they held back by any use of bodily sight, which would prevent them from looking with sharpness of soul on that one who had neither been absent from the Father by his coming down, nor had departed from his disciples by his ascension. Then, dearly beloved, the Son of a human being became known more eminently and more sacredly as the Son of God when he entered into the glory of his Father's majesty. 
in an ineffable way, he began to be more present in the divinity as he became more remote from our humanity. Then by a spiritual step, a more instructed faith began to give assent to the Son equal to the Father, and it did not need the touch of the bodily substance in Christ by which he is less than the Father, because with the nature of the glorified body, the faith of believers was drawn there where the only begotten Son, equal to the Father, might be touched, not by fleshly hand, but by the spiritual intellect. Like Pope St. Leo the Great, with the grace of the Holy Spirit, may we prayerfully and continuously reflect on the incarnation of Jesus. He who is true God and who became one like us in all things but sin for our salvation. Let us pray. Grant, Almighty God, that we may celebrate with heartfelt devotion these days of joy which we keep in honor of the risen Lord, and that what we relive in remembrance, we may always hold to in what we do. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. <laughs>